Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we celebrate the triumphs of people who have overcome their own life's challenges and made our world better. People who have taken life's lemons and made lemonade. I am Heidi, your host. Thank you for joining me. Jeanette, welcome to the Lemonade Stand. I'm so honored and excited to talk to you today. So we need to start by telling me three things about yourself. Okay, three things about me. Uh, I grew up in Idaho Falls on a dead-end street, and that shapes a lot of of who I am, just my Idaho roots. Uh, Secondly, um, since I was little, I pretended to be a journalist, and I became a journalist. Number three, I enjoy running. I'm not I'm not very good at it, and I've kind of ebbed and flowed, but that's one of my uh, mental health tactics. I love that. That is so great. I think some of these things might have to do with your lemon to lemonade story, but I met you because you're a journalist. I met you several years ago when we got nominated to be the happiest couple or something, Utah Valley happy couple. And so I was so blessed to meet you at like a photo shoot and kind of a launch of that. And I have just followed you ever since and enjoyed just watching from afar, just all the things that you accomplish and the amazing things you do with the Utah Valley magazine. And then just your health things too. I, you could probably see my scar on my throat too. So we definitely uh, can relate with some of the things you've dealt with as, as well. We have a few things in common and thanks for all the good that you do and for letting us feature feature you all those many years ago. I've wanted to always wanted to highlight good things and give people a taste of inspiration and and goodness. A lot of journalism is the opposite. It kind of yes. leaves you feeling uh, down and, and with a lack of hope. And I've wanted to do the opposite. So thank you for letting us feature you. Yeah. Well, and that's what I love about the Utah Valley Magazine. It is, it is all good stuff. It's all good stuff that's going around local. And I love it. I think it's, it's inspiring to see the different people that you highlight and it's it's been really fun it's nice to have that positive news like you said so thank you for what you're doing with that well thank you thanks for your kind words great so tell me your story well there's a lot of parts to my story but a lot has happened this past year and so I think we'll talk about that part of the story uh so um last March 11th I was hosting a launch party for our March issue I think similar to one that I think you came to where we launched the March issue and everyone was there and it was exciting and we were hugging and taking pictures in large groups and all of that. And as we're cleaning up, uh, we start hearing Rudy Gobert's tested positive. All these things are happening the next morning. Governor Herbert says big, big groups can't happen. So we couldn't have had the party the next day. And uh, that was sort of the beginning of many changes that happened throughout uh, my life this past year. I wasn't feeling great last spring, but uh, as COVID rolled out, I'm like, well, that explains it. You know, business was a little bit stressful. We closed our offices for three months. We didn't publish anything for three months, which hadn't happened in the 20 years of, of running our company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I was 45 then and, you know, that getting a little older and, And uh, so I thought, well, maybe it's that. And I had all these reasons. We were also building a home. And that actually was a really good highlight of the year, but also added some stress of leaving a home of 20 years where we knew all of our neighbors and had a great routine going and sold our home, moved, didn't sell the other one fast enough, was remodeling it and things. So there were a lot of things going on. 
And uh, I actually thought I might have something wrong with my with my brain because I was feeling foggy and my right leg was going numb a lot. And my primary care doctor said, you know, these could be symptoms of MS. And so I think we should do an MRI of your brain to see what is happening there. So I did my first MRI, very claustrophobic. So that was like <laughs> traumatic. Yeah. It, it was a little traumatic. I, I, yeah. So I, I had another MRI yesterday. I'm doing much better now. I've learned my routine of how to handle this sort of thing. But anyway, they didn't find anything significant with my brain, but they said, we see a lot of growths on your thyroid. The thyroid shouldn't have even been in that screen. They weren't looking at it, but somehow it almost felt like that organ got pushed into the screen so that they could tell me, you've got a, you've got a problem here. So I went and started seeing some thyroid specialists and they were concerned as well, did a biopsy and it came back malignant. A lot of times with thyroid tumors, they come back inconclusive and then a person is left with a decision. It could be cancerous. Did we, should we remove it? There's a little bit of a gray area, but with yep. mine, it was hundred percent sure. That was mine. <laughs> it was, we don't know. Should no. we remove it or not? Yeah, that's exactly it. So yeah. I you, can relate. And you did remove it. We removed it and then it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's okay. Uh, yeah. So journey's life takes us on. Yes. So, so that happened. That was a surprise to me. I tend to be very positive rose colored glasses type person. I assume nothing's going to go wrong. I assume that my favorite team BYU is going to win the national championship every year and the jazz are going to win everything. <laughs> I just assume everything's going to go awesome. And so I was surprised by the news, even though all along the way there had been all these markers, there's, there's a concern, something's wrong. But to actually hear that word was quite a punch to the gut. And my initial reaction was like, let's take care of it. Let's get it out of here. I would have done surgery that moment if it had been an option. Uh, but as I had a week before the surgery, my mind started shifting and different uh, people were in my life. I'd bump into on the trail or they'd send me different things. And I started reconsidering whether to remove it. And I started feeling like, you know, I have a lot of faith, a lot of gumption. I will do anything to stay well because the thyroid is a really cool organ. It's very important. <laughs> it's very important. It does a lot of good things. There's some risks in removing it that could, you know, and I had talked to several people that had had some, some trouble either with the surgery itself or with life without a thyroid. And so I, the night before the surgery, I did something very controversial, brave, or you might say stupid. I don't know. But for me, it was the right decision. I said, I'm not doing this. I'm not going through with this tomorrow. And, you know, I lost a deposit at the hospital and different things. And, and, uh, but I felt so much peace at that moment of like, I need a minute. And, um, and so it sent me on this wellness journey of figuring out better foods to eat. I tried lots of things. I went to therapy for the first time. I uh, did a lot of natural path things. I changed really everything about what I was putting in my body. I uh, prioritized meditation and all of these things to really see if I could get my body and mind in a really good spot so that my body could hopefully combined with my faith, uh, tackle that tumor. And so I actually felt really good during that time period. Um, and it was a very enlightening, empowering time period for me. And, uh, and then I went up to Huntsman. I switched doctors, went to Huntsman and fully expecting that when I got there, they would say, 
wow, there, there's either no tumor or it's half the size that your other doctor said. And I would be like, okay, I'm on the right track. And instead of that, they found two more tumors. And, um, and so, you know, I was exploring all options, including saving half my thyroid, you know, all these things I'd read about. There's other countries that, that have uh, techniques that do not involve removing your thyroid. I was just like so hyped up on all these options that were not removing the thyroid. So anyway, when I went to Huntsman and realized the problem was more uh, severe than I had hoped and all of the changes I had made, although they did help me physically and mentally and spiritually, it hadn't had that outcome. I was really hoping and planning for a miracle. And I had put a poster up in my garage, God has not ceased to be a God of miracles. And I just saw it, you know, multiple times a day. And so that was a real, um, again, pivotal point for me to think, okay, what am I, what am I thinking and going, what am I going to do now? I actually left Huntsman without scheduling the surgery yet again, because I was, I was taking it in. I'm an analytical person and I like to make my own decisions and not just be swept into what other people want me to do, which is a pro and a con uh, about myself. But anyway, as the, a few weeks wore on, I, I came to terms with it and I was ready. And, uh, I hike Mount Timpanogos every year. It's this tall mountain here in my backyard, basically. And it's an all day, you know, some people can do it quick. It usually takes, uh, me about 12 hours with the friends and family that I go with. So I decided I'm doing that this year. I'm not skipping that this year. And uh, I hiked and it was from the top of Timpanogos that I called Huntsman Hospital and said, okay, <laughs> let's get it on the books. I'm ready to remove this. And I think for me, this was an important process because by the time I got my thyroid removed and it was also in the lymph nodes. So I had what they call a central neck dissection. They took out lymph nodes and the thyroid, some matter around uh, the thyroid there. Uh, I think for me, I needed to get to the point where it was clearly my, my choice and I understood the choice. Um, and that has been essential because I have had some challenges with the medication and my body hasn't reacted in the perfect way, you know, that I would have hoped. And, um, but yet I don't regret the decision. I feel that I made the best decision. Uh, I mean, there thyroid cancer, in fact, someone told me that when they do autopsies, a third of people have some tumors in their thyroid. So it, it's fairly common and often does not lead to a spread. And, uh, and so I just didn't want to regret or ever look back and go, I should have, I could have, if I would have waited, if I would have prayed more, if I would have, would have, would have. And so for me, I, I don't have any of those regrets because I went through the process I needed to go, to, go through to be at terms and be at peace with what happened uh, to my body. So, so that was September. And, um, and then at my follow-up appointments in the coming weeks, we also found uh, growth on my pancreas. So, and I, and I'm kind of in the middle of that. I just, that was what my MRI was for yesterday. And it looks like it's not growing. So it worked. It's a, it's a watch, wait and see scan every three months situation but it, it does have some similar cells to what was in here. And so it is, you know, that I, I wish that my, my whole cancer journey was tied up with a bow and this is the finish line and here's all the lessons I've learned. And I feel like that thyroid chapter, it did kind of come to an end. I'm without a thyroid and it's just an ongoing thing to deal with that. But this second journey is, is ongoing. I don't yet know, um, 
know the outcome, although I feel very positive. And because of the way that my thyroid journey went and I, and I was at Huntsman, by the time they found this potential issue, the team was just right there in the room that very moment addressing my needs and setting up the next steps. And I see that as a huge uh, blessing for the way my journey rolled out is to already be up there with what I consider the best care in my area. And so um, I see the blessings in that. I see the goodness in that. Plus the changes you made have still got to be benefiting you. Absolutely. I I think for your help. You know, one of the things that it did for me, there, I, I've often said these, this is one of the blessings of cancer. And there are many, honestly, for me. One of them was any skepticism that I had went out the window. I was very open-minded, especially during that time period and continuing till now, about all sorts of supplements, herbs, approaches, meditation, therapies, uh, salt caves, you know, all of the things that yoga, things where maybe in the past I would have been a little cynical or they're just trying to make money off me or something like that. But it opened my mind and my eyes and my heart to that there are many ways to get well and wellness is not a one button, one push, one size fits all, one one click, you're done. It's an ongoing process and it is different for everybody, but it made me very curious about everybody's journey, what people have learned, different types of science. Uh, Doctors, for amazing as they are, sometimes are not as open to, you know, like essential oils or (laughs) meditation or, you know, all of the things that I think do make a difference when you combine them all together. And so that was one of the gifts. in our new home, which is where I'm sitting right now, I have this room I call my library. It's not, it's not very big, but it has my books. And I, I have a medical section that I did not have in my old house because I was well, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to read encyclopedias on, on supplements and herbs and all of that, but I do now. And so that, that was a gift. And one of the thoughts that I had early on, probably within the first few days of diagnosis, I was standing in my pantry, like, wrestling inside about whether to feel sorry for myself or feel empowered or feel positive or feel negative because I was having all of those emotions. And one of the thoughts that I had was these experiences are not just for you. And I'm still unraveling what that means. But one thing I know that it means is it's it's for my family as well. And so all the things that I'm learning and reading and trying and implementing, it's not like I'm doing this perfectly. You know, I, I, I do have sugar still, you know, I, I, I have reached a place of more moderation than I was at that time, but you these- gotta live, <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta yeah. enjoy life. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. That. Okay. I, yeah. So I've reached a little bit more of moderation, but these things are benefiting my family. You know, mm-hmm. I have, I have some kids that would prefer to go days without eating a vegetable, you know? And so these things are if I, if I play it right, it is benefiting the people around me. And I, and I've learned many things. One of the things that I feel like I've joined is the cancer club and my entry ticket did not cost me my hair or my life or anything like that yet. And hopefully ever, but it has opened me to conversations with people who are either further down the path than I am, or just starting down the path. And they reach out and say, I've read a little bit, or I've heard about you. My friend told me, And um, I've been able to coach them through my experience, point them to some resources that might help them. I don't believe I know everything, but I I do want to share what I have learned. Yes. Stay in a place of teaching others and also learning from others. 
Yes. And that's what I've enjoyed is watching you share so openly with your journey. And when you said that this is not, this is for more than you, that's exactly what I thought of. I thought of the thousands of people that know you and follow you and are inspired by what you're going through. And whether like with me, when I first got diagnosed with it, um, it was from a friend saying that she found a lump on her neck, you know? And so I'm like, oh, wow, that's really serious, you know? And then I went to the doctor for a physical and they're like, we feel a lump on your neck. And it's like, if my friend wouldn't have told me that, I never would have had any thought about it. And so I think the more vocal you are about it, you're helping people you'll never even know that you've helped. Well, thank you. And I hope so. And people have helped me that don't know that they have YouTube videos I've stumbled across or, you know, just things that I've seen and I process over time. Then I can't remember where I heard it, but I know I heard it and it it helped me somehow. You know, I, we're all on this planet together. We are. And, you know, I think of, uh, you know, an extreme example. What if we were all living in our own cabins alone in the mountains and we never interacted our whole life? That would be a completely different experience. Luckily, we're not in these little isolated cabins. We're right here with each other. And with technology, we really can be with each other all over the globe. We can be together. And and I think one of the points of life and one of the ways to gain satisfaction in life is to engage. And so I've shared, you know, and some people have been like, I can't believe you share so much. Well, I haven't shared everything. You know, there have been days I haven't felt like it. Right. For sure. And I don't want to be a downer. So on days when I really did feel down, I probably didn't share because I'm like, "Eh." this is probably a temporary emotion I'm having. And I, I don't really want everyone to start feeling sorry for me or worry about me or whatever. And so, you know, I've tried to be careful and prayerful about what I've shared, but it has connected me to other people. And that is a plus it's blessed me. Hopefully in some ways I've helped others. And, um, no matter what, so, so mine was thyroid cancer, possibly this pancreatic cancer we're working with. So not everyone will have that, but everybody has something mental health, physical health, relationship problems, financial, you know, we, none of us get to go through this life, just jumping from cloud to cloud, you know? And so even if my problems are different from someone else's, we can still learn from, approaches to it, the way we approached it, the mental processes we go through, um, sharing emotions. I, I think it normalizes it when we share. My my grandmother, so I was 10 and she died by suicide when I was 10. And it was not spoken of uh, before she died or after. It was not something we addressed. And I feel like I've had to unlearn that pattern because that was not helpful to me as a young child, confused and all these questions. And maybe if I had sent her a letter, she wouldn't, you know, all of these things. And I don't want to make that mistake. I'm, I'm sure I'm making plenty of mistakes, but I, I'd like to err on the side of reaching out, sharing, admitting, acknowledging what's hard, what I've learned, sharing the ups and the downs. Oh, see, I know there's a connection with you in more ways than what my dad died by suicide when I was 16. So I totally relate to what you're saying. It's like, you want to just connect people because you, you own that. You're like, what did I do to cause him to think it's not worth living anymore? I don't want that on my hands again. So what can I do to help everybody else on the planet have a reason to live. So it does something to you, but it makes you want to reach out more. And that's why I do this show. I just like, I think there's stories 
and people need to share to help each other. You don't know what other people are going through. Right. And I think countless lives have been saved by our more open culture now. I hope. I hope. Where we can talk through things and not be ashamed and not feel ostracized because we're not, you know, in this perfect little bubble. Perfect. Yep. I will say though, so it sounds like both you and I had (laughs) feelings of what could we have done to save our family members that that's not a super healthy place where it wasn't for me to stay to, to accept blame. Um, you know, I wanted to learn from it, but not stay in that place because we do have to, uh, let other people make their choices and we get to make ours. But I do feel like the lessons we learn, that's the gift we can take from everything in our lives Yep, and And not carry the guilt, but learn from it mm -hmm. and be better because of it. Yeah. I love that. That's exactly it. Oh my gosh. I love it. So one of the, so so just kind of an exclamation mark at the end of my year last year. So Perfect. yeah, it was COVID. It affected our business. It affected our revenue. It affected the really. I think the mental health on different levels of our entire staff and ourselves. Um, and you know, and then the cancer journey. But last year, just just before Christmas, there was an open Senate seat in my area uh, where I had moved. So it was a different seat than where I had lived a few months before. And a few people that I knew encouraged me to jump in. And I only had a few days to decide. And I'm an analytical person. I would have liked more, but I didn't have a lot of time, but I did decide to jump in. And I I feel like as I really tried to soul search and pray about it, the feeling I got was this is not just about the outcome. It's also about the experience. And so when I realized that it took some of the pressure off of not having to win or run a perfect campaign. It was only a three week thing over Christmas, which, so it had some challenges. And anyway, I did not win the Senate race, but I feel like that experience was a jump start for me back to myself mm-hmm. because so many things I feel like happened to me this last year, the health challenges, the pandemic, which had some financial ramifications, uh, just, you know, different things all related to those two major things. And the Senate elect, Senate race was me being like, I'm going to do something <laughs> like I, I'm not just going to sit here and wait for things to happen to me. I'm going to do something. And um, and so it was it, it felt like me for the first time in a few months of like jumping in, doing something hard, meeting new people, learning new things. And then, you know, I didn't win, which is which is all good. There were some blessings in that, too. <laughs> right. January and February have been calmer and. And, you know, I've been able to, to take care of myself, my family, my business, and it would have been a little tougher if I had won. But anyway, I'm so glad I did it. There, there's So some people would look at that and say, oh, that's a failure. That's an embarrassment or whatever. But I actually didn't really dwell in that longer than a few minutes when I lost because I'm like, I'm still, still glad I ran. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm okay that I did not win. And I, I would a thousand percent do it again because it helped me find myself again and realize I'm in charge. It felt like I wasn't in charge last year, but I actually am, you know, I'm actually in charge of my life and my approach to it. And so that was, some people would say like a really surprising way to end a hard year, but it was for me, like a really good signal to myself that I'm still capable. I'm still myself, although a different self, but like, I can still do hard things. I don't want to stay in victim land. Like I want to stay in progress land, you know? And live. I mean, you've dealt with a lifetime worth of stuff in this last year. 
but doesn't it just, it it does, it gives you more purpose to live now. You're like, when you come close to seeing how things could have ended for you, like, I mean, if you didn't catch this, when you catch it and stuff like it could definitely have a different outcome. And so I think it just gives you that chance to go, okay, regroup. What do I want to do? What's important? We're in a pandemic anyway. (laughs) Like, let's just do something for ourselves. Let's do something fun. Let's do something different. And I love how you turned that. Oh, well, thank you. Good thing. I mean, it does change your way of thinking when you mentally walk down the path of if this is my last few months, right? You know, and then how do I want to live? What do I want to say? I found myself saying, I love you a lot more. Um, I just didn't want to wait and be like, oh, it might be awkward. You know, what if they don't say it back or what if it makes them feel awkward or something? But um, I just, if, if it was the end, I wanted everyone to know, you know. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I know exactly how you're feeling. That's how I was so, too. Anyway, I'll put myself together. So oh. last fall, we also, to add to, you know, the many things of last year, the magazine company that I started in 2000 hit its 20th birthday. And I'd been anticipating that for a couple of years. I was thinking, oh, what should we do for the issue? And I really wanted to throw a big party in the community and have different people who'd been on the cover perform and you know, I just wanted it to be like a big thing for the community, have all the covers around this big park. And, and then that became like not an option with COVID and, uh, and I wasn't going to do anything. And then the thing about the cancer is it made me still want to do something. And so we had a party, this was two weeks, this was 14 days after surgery, I had everyone who had ever been on our staff, we invited them to a party, um, just here in our backyard. And, we had the covers around and there were some of the things that I had originally envisioned, but basically it was a chance for me to say like, thank you. And so even though like I had, my scar was not healed, I wasn't completely, you know, (laughs) feeling amazing. I was just like, well, there's never a good time, you know, like putting things off didn't seem like a good idea either. And so even though it wasn't perfect and the backyard wasn't perfect and, you know, I wasn't feeling perfect. I I just still was like, we're doing this, (laughs) you know? And it was probably perfect. It, it felt like a beautiful night, you know, yeah. and I got to say, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the most important thing. You've had that second chance at life and it makes, it makes things different. It makes things yeah. more a priority to be with people and to express gratitude and love. It's like almost everything else doesn't matter anymore. It's for sure. Yeah. It's amazing. And the thing is, you know, those things beforehand, but it, it adds some urgency. Totally changes it. Yes. Urgency. Yeah. That's the best word for it. You feel like I've got to tell everyone. <laughs> I don't know. And we still don't know. Nobody knows when their last yeah. day is like nothing I still hope to, to live past a hundred. That's still my goal. Oh, I, I love that. Great grandmas reach that. And, and I, I still hope to do that. But like you say, you'd never know. Not, and so we can control what we can control, which is what yeah. we choose to do today and what we choose to say and think. And, you know, those things are in our control and just embrace everything else. Mm -hmm. Go along for the ride. Right. (laughs) And, And look for the lessons. My favorite people to interview are people who will talk through their challenges because they're always our lessons. And, and, um, and I love to interview people who share the lessons, share the hard thing. You know, I think some people, and and I have found this more with, with younger people who haven't quite yet processed their life. We want to present this like beautiful career and life and body and, you know, and then through life, not everything goes perfectly. And when you're a person who can say, okay, this didn't go according to plan, but 
it led me here. I learned this, I changed this. Then, then that's still a beautiful story. Perfect story. It's a, it's a great story. It's the best of stories. Yes. And I think we do a disservice and some of it just comes with age, but when, when we're, I think it's, it's not the best thing to present this. I've got it all together. Nothing's gone wrong. (laughs) It's actually harder to relate to to someone like that. We have to be more willing to just be real and be who we are. And I think the world's a lot better place as we share and uplift each other. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And you know, it's been interesting and not that I'm like this total social media guru or anything, but I've noticed that when I share things of imperfection, like one of my most commented, whatever photos was when my youngest child went to kindergarten and I, um, and my kids are kind of spread apart. And so I'd been parenting and preschooling for 20 some odd years or something. And so I got to work and I just kind of sprawled out on the floor <laughs> and, and someone took a picture of me being like, I made it to the finish line of, you know, preschool. And I shared that and not in a way of like motherhood's so hard, but just like a, wow, I feel like I reached a milestone. You know, I don't have a, a kid with me right at this moment. And that was one of the ones that got that engaged the most people. And it was not one of perfection. My hair wasn't great. Wasn't wearing a cute outfit, but it was just like life, you know? Yeah. One of the blessings I think COVID has given is like, we're, we're all zooming from our homes and, you know, you you hear kids and you see some messes and some, you know, we're not all buttoned up. You know, I don't have shoes on right now. Like we're just, (laughs) we're just sweatpants right now. I love it. (laughs) So true. I think COVID has like calmed us all down and even celebrities, you know, you're seeing them in their their homes without their hair and makeup artists at their side, you know? Yes. And I think actually that's a really positive thing that we can all take from this last year is to drop the facade. We're all really the same. We're all living in homes that we love, but are kind of messy sometimes. And we all have, you know, hopefully somewhat healthy bodies. We're alive. That's, that's, you know, we're alive, but there's other things that maybe aren't perfect. Oh, well, that's everybody. And, um, and I also think talking about uh, mental health has become more open as more of us are struggling this last year with isolation and unmet expectations and all of the things. Yes. And I see a lot more, discussion on that. And even in the business community, there's some organizations that are making it okay for CEOs to say, Hey, I actually don't have it all together. <laughs> Didn't even want to come to work today, you know? And, and before I think there was so much of like presenting the, the best and sometimes not even real version of mm-hmm. ourselves. And so I, th- I hope that some of the things we've learned in COVID we take forward. That's what Nothing I've been saying too. Yeah, that's what I've been saying too. You've nailed all the important things that I've gotten out of COVID and the hand washing, sanitizing things. That let's, <laughs> let's take that, that with us. Yes. <laughs> but other than that, like everybody's finally at my level of what I've been at all these years with the sanitizing because I'm kind of a germaphobe, but I'm just so grateful for the things I feel like I've learned more this year with COVID than I ever would have learned without it. So I'm actually could say I'm grateful mm-hmm. that this has happened and changed the world the way it did. I think it's been for the better in so many ways. I think so too. And when we look at it like that, you know, it's, and I, and I think it's good for women too. So many uh, women in the workforce or, or potentially in the workforce, they want flexibility. They want, you know, some things cause they're trying to keep home on. and they're trying to do this. And well, COVID opened those doors. Yeah. Working at home has been normalized. Flexible hours has been normalized. Yeah. And these are all uh, good things. 
And not it's that okay. every woman has to work, but it does open doors for yes. those times and seasons and desires and all of that. I love so that it's okay to call in sick. I think in the past, it was like a badge of honor to go every day, even if you're no sick. No matter you know? what. Yeah. And now it's like, no, if you're sick, the best thing to do is not come. Please don't Please come. don't come. <laughs> yeah. Instead of you better be here unless you're on your deathbed, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's really yeah. changed that way. And I love, I love that change as well. That's been, I kind of hope we keep that up. Yeah. I, I think a lot of these will be permanent changes. I hope so. Just in our, in my little company and then other CEOs I've interviewed, they're all, they're saying the same things that we are, which is, this is actually kind of working Good. to give people a lot of flexibility and let them work on their own time and terms and locations. And, and so I, I'm excited to see what the future holds. Cause I think we have the possibility of the best of all worlds. Yeah. Yeah. There does need to be some, uh, some togetherness for our, for our mental health, for our collaboration, uh, for all those things that need to happen. It it is good to be in spaces and give hugs and, you know, those things I hope we get to to do again, but alongside the, not the pressure to be at the office at 8 a.m. and every day, you know. Yeah. Well, you are just a light. I could talk to you all day. I love this so much. You are just a beautiful person inside and out and amazing to talk to and so easy to get along with. And I'm so grateful to know you. So thank you. Well, thanks for this chance to chat this morning. It's been fun. You're still here. Well then click on the next episode to get more lemonade.